Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Cut the Bullshit. I'm so excited to have Julian Savage here. Julian, you're a top 100 product marketing influencer. I read all of your posts on LinkedIn all the time. Thank you for having, uh, thank, thank you for being on here for us. Thanks for having me. And I love the name of that podcast already. When you said, oh, that's the name of the podcast, Cut the Bullshit, I was like, yes, <laughs> I know what this is about, but I will be on yeah, like exactly. There's so much fluff out there. I'm trying to get to the meat of the topics uh, in general. So with that, let's do a quick introduction. Give us a little overview of who you are. Yeah, for sure. So I'm uh, the head of uh, corporate and product marketing at Clary now. Um, we, well, I know when we say corporate marketing, it often doesn't mean anything. So uh, content, communications, design, creative, all the brand uh, stuff as on top of traditional PMM. Uh, and my background is uh, I've been in RevTech for quite a while now, Revenue Tech. Uh, before Clary, I was with Gong as their VP of PMM. And before that, I was with Salesforce on the Einstein product line. That's me. Yeah, I think the last time you and I chatted was so you were still with Gong. So it's been a while, but nice to chat again. It's, it has been a while. Yeah, I left Gong, I guess, a year and a half, two years ago now, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. What is time? I forgot. So, so tell us an interesting or fun fact. Oh, interesting or fun fact. Well, I don't know if it's uh, interesting, but definitely is something that I talk about uh, and I brag about because it was fun for me. Uh, I got to work with uh, the drummer of Metallica, oh. uh, Lars Ulrich, for any like rock fans out there. You know what? Maybe I even have his... Let's go off script. I'm... I'm uh... I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna pick Let's one of it. his drumsticks. There you go, drumsticks. Wow. That's a Metallica drumstick. Um, and yeah, the context is uh, I was at Salesforce back then. Benioff wanted Lars to come and present some stuff at Dreamforce, and uh, and so I helped with all of that content. And I met the guy, and it was it was really cool. It was really uh, really fun. So that's mm -hmm. my that's my bragging moment. That is a fun fact indeed. I love it. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that on the side, though, because I don't want to break this whole laptop. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, yeah. So you post a lot on LinkedIn, and I, I read every one of your posts, first of all. You had one a Thank few you. back where you talked about the evolution of PMM, and that one hit home with me because I come from that PMM track traditionally as well. That's at least that's how I sharpen my marketing kind of path. And uh, I thought, you know what, that'd be great for this show. Um, so, you know, let's have Julian on here and let's talk about that. What do you think is happening in PMM? Where is it going and what? why, right? So that's what I'd love to hear about. Yeah, I love the question. It's such a, a broad question that literally we can, we can, you know, can can get us and take us anywhere I think, well, first off, maybe even before I answer that question, like I'll give you in one sentence my definition of PMM because I think you ask 10 people to get 10 different answers, right? So my definition, and I use the music analogy again <laughs> because of that, mm -hmm. I always say uh, PMM is the sound system of the company. And I think mm -hmm. there's a belief that PMM is mostly outbound, right? Like we... We, we, we talk, we, we launch stuff, we reach new audiences, we amplify. That's the, the Marshall Amp aspect of PMM. All of that is true, but we're also like a microphone. Um, and we also kind of like listen to what's going on. We adapt to the market trends 
and we do all of that kind of research and and market intelligence piece. I think that's something that that I like to say it's it's often like overlooked a little bit the, the inbound portion of PML. So that's just my my quick high level uh, kind of reframe or uh, definition, if you will. Um, now the evolution itself, yeah, man. I mean, I don't. I, I'd love to hear what other PMMs out there think, but it seriously has become tougher than ever. It's just so difficult to stand out in any market. Everybody's kind of saying the same thing. All the products are being disrupted by Gen AI and whatnot. So there's just a lot of a lot of additional work and effort that I think has to happen on the PMM side, we just can't go for like average level positioning and differentiation. It, it just doesn't work. Um, the good old differentiate or die, uh, you know, that's a book from Jack Trout, I believe, would be on one of my bookshelves here, has never been truer, like differentiate or die. Um, and, and so that's, um, I know PMM has always been like the gatekeeper of positioning and trying to push for differentiation. But I think with the current macro, it has become pretty obvious that, you know, if you don't do an, an A++ job there, your company is just not going to go anywhere. So that's my high level I, thought on PMM stuff. I, I fully agree with you. I mean, differentiation has been so important from such a long time. I actually think most people don't get it. I don't think most people understand what differentiation truly means, right? And it's yeah. oftentimes to me, it's not about product functionality or capability per se. It's it's much bigger and broader than that. But but I what you're saying fully resonates with me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think sometimes you, know, you got to pick your the right angle for differentiation, right? Like you would have the category people, like category design type of like mindset uh, who would say you differentiate at the problem at the problem level. Like you find a new problem or you state a new problem that people were not even aware of and you educate them on that problem. And once they go from problem aware to solution unaware, then you hit them with your solution and your product offering, right? Like that's what angle and that is completely valid. And honestly, it's one of the motions that we have right now at Clary. Uh, another motion is still more traditional PMM stuff. You use products to differentiate, you up-level the features and the functions, to tell a bigger, more cohesive platform story and you show the value, all of that is also valid. You can also kind of differentiate on not the problem, not the product, but everything else. And everything else is the brand, the packaging and pricing, the actual buyer's experience, the Absolutely. professional services package and service and, and stuff that you get. So there's all sorts of ways, I think, to differentiate. And uh, my advice to anybody would be you pick the one that you feel you're going to have most impact with. Problem differentiation, product differentiation, packaging, I'm going to call it that way, differentiation. And then you just, you know, you do your best work there. And if it's not enough, then you can expand and try to differentiate on the other areas as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, especially the one thing you said about the buyer experience. Like I used to be at a company where you know, as a PMM, I spend all my time thinking about 
How do I differentiate this product from our competitors? And what we had done as a company, we had differentiated ourselves on the buyer experience, but in a terrible way. Our buyer experience was so bad that no one wanted to buy from us. And <laughs> in a situation like that, right? Exactly. Ouch. In a situation like that, it doesn't matter what you do to differentiate the product if the bigger issue persists. So as a PMM, I think you have to look broadly, not just focused on your product explicitly, right? That's that's so right. Like I almost want to. You know what? Maybe you and I should do some kind of like LinkedIn uh, poll or something. Like, uh, like maybe the P and PMM is not. It could be product, but it also it could also be problem, or it could be packaging. Like, you know, I I want to challenge the the product only mindset that I still think most PMMs have right now. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Let me know. I'll, I'll participate. <laughs> yeah, let's speak about the, it. I think part of the product mindset comes from like a fair number of PMMs come from product management or from sales. Sure. Right? And, and you're so focused on that that you have to kind of learn to think bigger. Right. And so I, I want to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sorry, dude, I'm cutting you off. Like, I'm not discarding that. Like, that is completely a completely valid thing. Like, at the end of the day, people do buy products. Right. You even you educate them on the problem. You have a nice packaging around your product, but hey, we're like software is a product, no. um, so it has a place and it's completely valid. I just want to, I think, people to open up their minds a little bit and think about other avenues to differentiate broader than just the product offering. Got it. Love it. Awesome. Well, let me ask you a different question here then. In terms of your career, think back about all the learnings you've had. Some were easy learning some of them were more difficult learnings we've all failed what's one failure that you've had career-wise and what you learned from what did you take away from that i never failed yeah, I'm, I'm kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm also very humble no, uh yeah. yeah man i fail every day every hour and sometimes i i, I fail more than i succeed and so um the uber comment would be you really fail if you don't know that you fail I guess like it has the success comes from failures, uh, one success for 10 failures and you just got to go with it and accept that. And it's, you know, embrace a no ego mindset. Yeah. That's like the philosophical level. Maybe one example, uh, if we have a minute, uh, would be a previous company. Uh, I would like, we would spend so much time crafting the narrative and we, we had that beautiful, you know, story arc and, problem solution, the enemy, the legacy, what gets in the way, the implication of the pain, uh, and then, you know, the solution and all the benefits and the bliss, like all of that stuff, I was going to say the S word, all of that stuff. Uh, like we spent so much time, we shipped that narrative, and then we just didn't pay attention to anything that happened after. We didn't pay attention to whether the market was responding well. We didn't pay attention to whether the reps were using it. Thank God we had Gong back then uh, as a call recorder to kind of like track whether the messaging was being adopted. And it wasn't, right? So I would say the one mistake, one big mistake I made back then was thinking that crafting a beautiful narrative is everything when it really is the easiest part of the job. The hardest part is measure adoption, boost adoption, identify the champions adopting that messaging, tweak it, you know, re-sustain it, reinforce it, um, and have that feedback loop. 
messaging and narratives are an always on, always alive type thing. Right. So that was my mistake. And, and that mistake allows you to learn, right? And develop it in the future, you become better and better. And that's how it works. That's how, I mean, I have 10 examples yeah. of that as well, right? Exactly. So, awesome. Well, Julian, thank you for being on today. No bullshit for sure. <laughs> no bullshit, just drumsticks. Oh, I'm going to get that printed on my t-shirt. No BS, just drumsticks. There you go. That's a good tagline. And for those of you who are not following Julian yet, you should be on LinkedIn. Find him. You learn something. You're good here. You learn something every week. So. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.